Amen. Well, I want to join with the others in welcoming you uh, to Facebook Online, the uh, Crestview Missionary Baptist Church edition. We're glad that you have tuned in today, and I hope that you'll excuse my voice. It's uh, um, allergy time here in uh, Arlington, Texas, and uh, it's one of the things that many of us have to uh, contend with. Uh, but I, I do enjoy the uh, singing. If you'll notice, the using the hymnals. We can't uh, play the accompaniment tapes uh, for licensing reasons, and that's why you don't hear any of the contemporary things that we usually sing during our regular uh, worship services. Since we're broadcasting, and I think each one of you who have taken time to say, hey, I'm listening, I'm watching, and uh, appreciate uh, your efforts. And I appreciate all of these that uh, are uh, working to, in our singing and our sound and our videos, um, our PowerPoint. We appreciate y'all very, very much. I want to talk uh, <clears throat> about a question today. What's good about the good news? What's good about the good news? And we're going to look in Matthew chapter 28 and read the first eight verses there. And it says, Matthew's record says, At the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not, ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples' word. What is it that excites you? I mean, what is it that really gets you thrilled and gives you hope uh, from day to day? Well, we're going to talk about what that can be for you. I heard about a lady one time that uh, was a poor lady. And she sold uh, flowers for boutonnieres and things, corsages, <clears throat> on a street corner. And there was a gentleman that came by uh, on a regular basis, and he would go and buy a flower to help uh, support her, her poverty. And one day, she seemed to have a smile on her face and seemed very joyous. And, and he made mention of it as he bought his boutonniere. He said, my, that, uh, you look very uh, happy today. He said, aren't you, you know, your, uh, your, your situation is not real good. Uh, why are you so happy? And she said, well, I do have my sad times and down times. But she said, 
When I have those, I think about Jesus. The day that he died upon the cross was the darkest day and the saddest day of his life. But three days later were the greatest day of, days of his life as he rose from the grave. And so today, as we think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that's what we're here to do, to celebrate the resurrection of a living Savior. Yes, he died, was buried, but he also rose again. So what is good about the good news? You say, well, what are you talking about good news? Well, the word gospel literally means good news. And so as we say we preach the gospel, we have to ask ourselves, what's good about this gospel? Well, is it the fact that Jesus was crucified? I don't find anything really good, really uh, that makes me joyous when I look and as I see Jesus dying upon a cross. Uh, is it the fact that he was beaten? Do you find joy in the fact that he was whipped with a cat of nine tails? And that uh, a crown of thorn was placed upon his back, that he was uh, robed and uh, he was mocked as a king and they spit in his face and they plucked his beard and made him as miserable as he possibly could be. Uh, is that good news? No, I don't think so. The very fact that he was taken and was buried uh, in a borrowed tomb. He didn't have one of his own, uh, but he was buried in a borrowed tomb. Is that a something to rejoice over and be glad about well i don't know about you but i've never enjoyed a trip to the cemetery for anybody for any reason uh, it's a sad affair and so what's good about the good news jesus was not guilty but yet he suffered and so we're going to look at the good news is the fact that jesus christ yes he was beaten yes he was uh, crucified yes he was buried but the good news is, is that all that was done for a purpose and it was affirmed by the Father when he brought him out of that tomb and he rose from the grave. And so there are many doubters today. There are many skeptics today as there has been uh, since that day. And so we're going to look at a few of these uh, today. I want to give you just uh, three things that would help the gospel be good news to you. First of all, number one, the prophecy of Jesus was fulfilled. The prophecy of Jesus was fulfilled. Now we read about Mary coming to uh, the tomb and finding that uh, it was uh, empty, the stone was rolled away, and we find that the angel was sitting on top of it. But no doubt by the description that it certainly had to be an angel. Uh, and I believe that uh, the scriptures allude to the fact that that angel rolled that stone away. So what about uh, the prophecy of Jonah? We know that Jonah said in John 12 and verse 40 that, uh, that uh, Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. Even so would the Son of Man be uh, in the heart of the earth. And so we believe that it was a prophecy uh, that uh, Jesus uh, fulfilled uh, in his death, burial, and resurrection. Or how about the uh, temple? 
uh, the temple. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it back. And of course the people said, no, no way, it took a long time to build this temple. But he was talking about his body that would be uh, crucified and would be buried, and it would rise again in three days. And so the prophecy of Jesus was fulfilled. And we know that the test of a prophet was that they had to have a prophecy or make a prophecy that came true. If it did not come true, then that was not a true prophecy and that identified them as a false prophet. That's how you knew the difference. And so the uh, prophecy of Jesus was fulfilled. The second thing is the possibility of a hoax was removed. And the, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, the, the resurrection of Jesus was just a hoax. Well, let's look at some of the things. Can't mention all of them this morning for time's sake, but let me make a mention of a couple of them. First of all, uh, the uh, evidence of death. You cannot have a, <clears throat> you cannot have uh, a um, resurrection until you got a, 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 a evidence of a dead body and so Jesus had to be dead there are some people say that he was not dead and they call that the swoon theory they put Jesus uh, in a tomb and then he woke up uh, and he uh, came out of the tomb don't think that that happened and so his enemies and all the doubters from that time would like it to be uh, just a hoax but the evidence of death we find uh, in uh, Matthew, uh, John, excuse me, chapter 19, uh, verse 32 and 33, it says, Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other that was crucified uh, with him. Talking about Jesus, verse 33, it says, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. And so as they came and viewed Jesus hanging uh, on the cross, uh, they did not break his legs. It was the custom of that time uh, that they would break their legs so they could not push up uh, and, uh, and exhale as they were hanging from the dead weight of their bodies. We know Jesus' feet were nailed to the cross. Others may have had a little platform that they were able to stand on and lift themselves up and get air uh, but, uh, and then exhale. But Jesus could not do that. And so uh, the, the evidence of the fact that, these, uh, that Jesus was dead, a testimony of the soldiers, these were professional executioners. They knew when someone was dead for sure. And then number two, uh, we find the uh, burial evidence. We go on down to verse 34, and it says, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And he knoweth that he is true, that ye might believe. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, remember he was a secret disciple, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave, and he came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And so here we find that uh, he was uh, 
involved uh, with the burial uh, of Jesus. And he took the body, and as we know, Joseph and, and Nicodemus took him uh, and, uh, and buried him. And then we find that the tomb was sealed. If you go to Matthew 27 and verse 57 through 60, we find uh, this uh, record. It says, when the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. And when he went to Pilate and he begged the body of Jesus, then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own, laid him in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And as there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher, and so we find that uh, that uh, happened. Now it says that it was secured. It was secured. It says, it goes on, it says that on the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests, the Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said, talking about Jesus, while he was yet alive, see that he was dead, they knew that, after three days, I will rise again. <laughs> Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. As Pilate said unto them, notice what Pilate gave as an order, you have a watch. I set a watch. Go your way and make it as sure as you can. Now, two things that I would mention. First of all, the stone uh, that was rolled in front of the tomb. The stone, usually uh, it was a custom uh, to have a, a ditch uh, dug out in front of the grave. And so the stone would be rolled into that socket and it was not easily uh, removed. Uh, and then uh, we find that that happened. Then the, the, we find that Pilate made sure that the soldiers secured it. We're told that there was a seal that, uh, that you put on that uh, uh, tomb and nobody would break that. The soldiers certainly wouldn't break it. Uh, the disciples wouldn't break it because if you broke the Roman seal, the penalty was death. And so they, uh, they would not have done that. And so we find Jesus in uh, this uh, sealed tomb, in this secured uh, tomb, uh, and uh, they, he def definitely uh, removed any hoax that he could have escaped. Uh, some have uh, theories that they say uh, that uh, Jesus uh, did that, but I don't think uh, that he was able uh, to walk out. In reality, nobody really wanted a hoax. The disciples certainly did not want a hoax. And I don't even think the government wanted a hoax. They wanted to make sure that Jesus was dead, gone, and forgotten in that tomb. And so they worked hard at doing that. But, so, uh, but that was all removed, wasn't it? Because 
Jesus got out of the grave. The grave could not keep him. Jesus said that he was going to die, and he did. And he said that he was going to be buried, uh, and he was. And he said that he would rise again, and he did. And by the way, while we're here, I would say that he also said that he was going to come again, and he will. And so uh, it gets me a little excited, doesn't it? Thank you for those amens. If you ever read anything from Josh McDowell, uh, you know that Josh McDowell was a very uh, highly intelligent fellow that decided that he was going to disprove the Bible by disproving the resurrection. He felt that it was the, the, uh, the, the, the main thing. If you could disprove a living, risen Savior, then you could disprove the Bible. And I would say, if you can, you're right. Christianity crumbles when you find the body of Jesus. Uh, but uh, they could not, of course. But uh, he, he did that uh, thing. You know, he was not a Christian man at all. But uh, by the time he got finished with his study, he was a believer. And he became a very outspoken Christian. Still is today. Uh, and so he, he made this statement once, and I thought it was a great statement. He said, I wish more people would try just to disprove the resurrection, because if they did, more people would be saved. And so uh, we, we go back to a fellow by the name of Frank Morrison uh, years ago uh, that uh, wrote a book called Who Moved the Stone? He too was a skeptic and he went about to disprove uh, the, the resurrection and he also became a believer. And even the guy that wrote Ben-Hur, I understand, uh, became a, a Christian trying to disprove uh, the resurrection, disprove the Bible. And so there was the possibility, the possibility of the hoax was removed because of the death evidence, because of the burial evidence, because the tomb was sealed, the sealed, and it was secure. Jesus could not have escaped. And then the proof of the resurrection was seen is the third point. This was a huge stone that was rolled away. And we go uh, there to John uh, chapter 20. And we will look at John uh, 20. And we will uh, see uh, that uh, things were, uh, uh, were given uh, to literally prove the resurrection to us. In verse 1 it says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, uh, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. And so this stone was rolled away. Who did that? I believe the angel uh, did that. That's my, uh, my, my opinion at least. And so the stone was taken away. And then uh, secondly the tomb was empty. It says she runneth and she cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher. We know not where they have laid him. And Peter therefore and the other disciple came to the sepulcher and so they both ran together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And so she uh, was convinced she was there. She remember she was there when they rolled the stone in front of him. She was convinced that it was the right place. Uh, 
Some people say, well, they, they hid him in the wrong, uh, they went to the wrong tomb. No, they knew where it was. Nicodemus knew where it was. Uh, others knew where it was. And don't think that the disciples could have come while the, while the soldiers were sleeping and rolled that stone away and stuck Jesus out. Uh, I don't believe they would have stayed awake. I believe they would have come, come awake and, and been able to, uh, to get on them. And so the, this huge stone was rolled away, number one. Number two, the, the stone uh, was uh, empty. As we see in uh, verses two through four, uh, he was gone out of the uh, the uh, sepulcher. Uh, there's three options that could have happened. Number one, Jesus removed himself. Number two, he was uh, taken by human hands by his disciples or by the soldiers. Or number three, he was raised supernaturally. You know what? I'm going to pick door number three. I believe that Jesus was raised supernaturally. I believe that the evidence is uh, overwhelming. And then uh, not only was the tomb empty, not only was this huge stone rolled away, but there was a visit of Peter and John that we read about. They had a, had a foot race. And, uh, and poor old Peter got outran, didn't he? And so uh, as I was at the tomb, Back in the year 2000, I, I thought about that foot race and uh, thought that was uh, uh, very unique. And so in uh, uh, chapter 20 and verse 5, it says, And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then come a Simon Peter following him and went to the sepulcher and seeth the linen Closed lie. Excuse me. <clears throat> and the napkin that was about the head, not lying in the with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, which came to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. I think it's very interesting that there are three different C, Saul's here in these verses. Uh, one of them, the first one is the word blapo. And it means to literally just kind of take a glance. You glance at something, don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. You don't study it, uh, you just notice it. And then the second one is found, that's found in verse five. In verse six, uh, it, is, uh, it says, he seeth the linen clothes lie. That was a big thing. And that is another Greek word. It means, uh, it comes from the word theoreo, uh, and it uh, means to take careful notice. In other words, you notice it, you look at it, you study it, uh, it rings a bell to you. And then, this, then the third one was used down in verse 8. It says, and he saw and believed. And that is the word oida, uh, and it means to realize what happened, to come to a conclusion that he was risen from the grave. He left those grave clothes there intact and he was gone from the grave. Uh, there all the pieces came together for that day. <clears throat> and so we find there's some good news about the good news that Jesus Christ is risen as he said that he would rise again. And for 2,000 years, that has been the message that 
Jesus is not dead. Jesus is risen. And not only is he risen, but he's still alive uh, today. And so what is our takeaway today? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. First of all, the resurrection is a vital part of the gospel. Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. And then we will follow him because he lives we shall live also one day on resurrection morning. If he had not risen, then there would be no hope for us. Number two, salvation depends upon the acceptance of it. We find that in Romans chapter 10, it says uh, in verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we rejoice today to know that our salvation is dependent upon the acceptance of that resurrection. We must confess that. We must believe that with all of our hearts. And then number three, the good news is that Jesus conquered death and he lives uh, to give us many wonderful things. And one of the most, my most favorite things is forgiveness of sins. I don't know about you, but I got more sins than I would admit to. I've got a lot of sins of my youth that I would not even want to mention, but I'm glad that they're underneath the blood of the crucified one. And not only that, but he gives us eternal life. What does that mean? That means he gives us a home in heaven. That is good news. And so today, as we think about the empty tomb, he is gone from the grave. And I believe there is sufficient evidence to believe that. To die without faith in the resurrection is to face a barren, hopeless eternity. And so today, if you've never received that risen Christ, I challenge you, talk to somebody and ask them how that you can know the living Savior. Aaron's going to come and close us out with a song, and I think it'll be a blessing to you. Listen to him as he sings. Yeah, three. 
want to uh, thank uh, each one who participated in our service here. Uh, we are doing safe distancing. Uh, if, if you wonder about that, even our the vehicles outside are, are six foot apart at least. And so uh, we appreciate uh, everybody doing that. And uh, we uh, thank you for listening today. I want to especially say thank you to all those who have uh, sent uh, offerings in this week to help us uh, keep going. And we, uh, we appreciate that so very much. As we uh, you know, almost into the middle of April, we need those cards and letters. So God bless each one of you that have uh, taken that responsibility to, to, uh, to meet our obligations. We appreciate that. And you would receive a blessing from that too because it's more blessed to give than to receive. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you today for this day. We thank you for the things that our ears have heard, our hearts have felt. We thank you for a crucified and a risen Savior and one that lives to live in our heart. And we pray that you would bless each one that has visited us today by this medium. And I thank you for each one who has participated in presenting it. And we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' holy name for his sake. Amen. It started out sideways. Yeah. So. Everybody, yes. Everybody, like, yes. And I, everyone says, it's sideways. <laughs> but one service I wanted to get. I did my devotional yesterday. The first time. I, I couldn't find the button to turn the light on.